Welcome to the Carpe Fide Podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. Heyo! We're back. Oh, man. Episode 11. Here it is. And, uh, you know, this is what you asked for. Uh, we did a little poll today. And I think you should remember that once you get <laughs> what you've got coming. See, I think... I think the funny thing is, is that people think that we're professionals and know what we're talking about. <laughs> so they're like, oh yeah, we want to hear them talk about self-governance. That sounds really cool. I, I think it'll really enlighten us. But really, you're getting two lay pastors, one who is a UPS driver, the other who is a nurse, talking about something that neither of us have studied extensively. But <clears throat> we may know more about it uh, now than we did two hours ago. So... Uh, <laughs> It's actually not go. true. I okay, know. he's he's I, painting a bleak picture, but the reality is, um, with a with a biblical worldview, you have a natural mapping to understand self governance. Yes, it's, it's absolutely true. You're giving the you're, you're you're jumping the gun. I might be jumping the gun, but I just want to make you just. I mean, at this point, I'm like, well, and delete the download of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Right. literally undersold it so hard. <laughs> See, if you undersell it, then nobody blames you for... It doesn't matter. We're not I making already... money anyway. All right, let's keep going. I already put the blame on them. They're the ones that voted for self-governance. It was their fault. They could have chosen the the, fa- the, the, the war in the family. Fair enough. All right, well... You get what you deserve and what you pay for. What was that toast? Maybe get what we... Maybe we get what we want. Maybe we get what we need. But may we never get what we deserve. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman. Yes. 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 She didn't say that. No, she didn't. The man said it. That's correct. Because it's a great quote. That's right. So. Wow. (laughs) Should we delete this one, too? Margaret Sanger. Margaret Sanger. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's a different podcast. Oh, we we need to do one on abortion. We could get really fired up on that. Yeah, we'd be angry if we did that. All right, self-governance. We've got to talk about self-governance. <clears throat> All righty, so we've got some scriptures lined up. We've got a couple points, literally less than two paragraphs of information. So here we go. Um, uh, in, a, in a talk, uh, well, I guess in a book, uh, Gary DeMar um, writes on five different components of what compromises a government. Of the, and a government has to have these five components in order to be considered a government. The first of those five is who is in charge. You need to know who is at the top of the structure in the government. Number two, who, do, who does that leader represent? Number three, what's the law? What are the rules? What, how are we, what are the boundaries here? Number four, what happens if I keep the laws? What happens if I break the laws? And number five, what will happen to this this governmental structure, this body of, of, of governance um, in the future if we keep the law or if we break the law? So, those five components of government break down into at least four different spheres or areas of government. <clears throat> now, there's lots of different schools of thought on this. Uh, Justin was telling me there's the Kuyperian school of thought, which has seven or eight different spheres. We're going to strip it down to four different spheres. Um, Not because we're smarter, but because it's easier. Um, Well, because it's also, if you're going to subscribe to a biblical worldview, uh, it is the most clear from Scripture. Yes. 
Would you like to read the four spheres of government? Yes, thank you. I shall read the four words as you've had to laboriously <laughs> go through the much longer definitions. The four uh, areas of government. I didn't want to make it too hard for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks, buddy. No problem. The four biblical spheres of government are starting starting with the, uh, let's just say the what we would know as the most localized or the closest form of government and moving outwards. You have self, self-government. Should do a podcast on that. <clears throat> okay. You have family government. <laughs> so I love you. Family government. Then you would have church government and civil government. And so these areas of these four areas of governance are are a biblical area <clears throat> of governance. And each of these four areas have the five components of government that we listed um, up top that Gary Demar outlines in his book called. God and government. And if you didn't catch that again, who's in charge? Who does the leader represent? What's the law? What happens if I keep slash break the law? And what will happen to the body in the future? Correct. Now these have been these. these you will find variations of these particular rules throughout <clears throat> the writings of self governance. If you want to understand how to have a government period, you will find. These these five principles maybe with different words, right? So you might see code of conduct instead of what is the law. Um, <clears throat> you'll you'll find up various different titles for the person in charge. The representation may change a bit. Um, depends on what the what what that particular structure we're talking about looks like. <clears throat> what uh, the 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 need for intervention outside intervention into that particular sphere of governance when you look at the what happens if i keep such break the law that would be the consequences um the 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 area of responsibility and consequences and what will happen to the body in the future what happens to this as it moves forward you'll find variations of those wordings but the, all of those you'll find consistently when trying to help to understand what is exactly what exactly is government <clears throat> Um, now, what we always like to do is bring scripture to bear as early as we can into the conversation. <clears throat> um, so, starting in Genesis two, well, maybe maybe before oh, oh, maybe before we do that. Oh, okay. It might be good. <laughs> it might be good to say that whenever you hear the word government, right, you automatically think of what what for us. We listed literally in the fourth category, the fourth uh, sphere of government, if you will, and that would be the civil government. But the reality of government, when you even if you understand those components, <clears throat> is uh, is that government is does not simply relegated to the civil sphere. Um, it it has literally aspects connected to each one of those spheres that family has a governance that there is family government right that there is self-government that there is <clears throat> that there is um church government these 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 things have government with them but they're when we, we it's just been such a colloquial way of saying speaking you know government and what we mean is you know our three branches of government we mean the civil government <clears throat> yeah we we, we we default to that, but that is—it's important to understand that when you look at these components of what makes a government, 
obviously, um, civil government is clearly not the only structure that would fit into these five those five particular components. And so, government is a word that doesn't just have to do with the people that like rule and reign from your capital of your state and or the capital of your country. That's not how government the word works. Right. All right. Just wanted to clarify <clears throat> that because it's important. It's important to realize. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, it's, it's great because it's, I mean, going back to, to Noah Webster's, uh, 1828 dictionary, uh, which you got me for my birthday. <coughs> um, so birthday, so big and thick. Oh, it was birthday. It is really thick. It took a while to come in. Yeah. It was, uh, it's cause they had to, uh, go back and reprint it and it's, you know, old and yeah. The F's or S's or the S's or F's. The S's or F's. That's correct. S's or F's. They're like, what's confirmation? And you're like, oh, consummation. And they're like, why am I looking up consummation? <laughs> well, I was, was going to say, well, that's the word you went with. <laughs> All of the words that have S in them, you went with consummation. <laughs> so Noah Webster, interforce. <laughs> what is interforce? It's not the C that gets replaced. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know. Stop. Stop. (laughs) I gotta reel it in. So, Noah Webster, in his 1828 dictionary, which captured the language from the men of the founding, right? The men who founded our government. When it's when the when he defines government, it's specifically and in its most simple terms refers to direction or regulation. And he actually applies this concept in three of the four areas that we outlined um, in the four different, you know, roles or spheres of government. So the first would be self-government. So his first definition is control, restraint. Men are apt, and his example is, men are apt to neglect the government of their temper and passions. So that's... Dun, dun, dun. Um, so there's there's the concept of self-government. Um, and then you actually have family captured in this too. Definition three, the exercise of authority by a parent or householder. The example there would be children are often ruined by a neglect of government and parents. Um, additionally, he says, let family government be like that of our heavenly father, mild, gentle, and affectionate. Um, which we'll, we'll tie in, we'll tie in the biblical concepts to self-government later. It's not until you get all the way down to the fifth definition in the Noah Webster's dictionary, that you find the first actual connection to a civil magistrate. Yeah, I found it before. Oh, crap. That's okay. So the fourth, <laughs> the fourth definition states, um, the system it. of polity in a state that form of fundamental rules and principles by which a nation or state is governed or by which individual members of a body politic are to regulate their social actions. A constitution, either written or unwritten, by which the rights and duties of citizens and public officers are prescribed and defined as a monarch, as a monarchical government or a republican government. Um, his example there are 13 governments thus founded on the natural authority of the people alone, without the pretense of miracle or mystery are a great point gained in favor of the rights of mankind. Speaking, of course, to the... 13 colonies. Boom. Um, <clears throat> so he actually captures three of the four there. He does not mention actually the church. Um, as a sphere of government, um, but obviously these definitions can apply. Um, so now that we've defined government, 
Um, let's look at different examples of self-government in the Bible. And you rightly pointed out, Justin, as we were preparing for this, um, that the earliest example of self-government we have is with the first human that we have um, in Adam. So if you go to Genesis 2, um, I'll read verses 15 through 17, and we'll kind of pick apart these five components of government when it applies to Adam, when it is literally just Adam. So um, Genesis 2, verses 15 through 17 uh, says this, The Lord God took the man and placed him in the garden of Eden to work it and watch over it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat of any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For on the day you eat from it, you will surely die. So within these two verses, we see these five components of government. But I think that what we'll find is that when we answer the first question, who is in charge, the answer is not what you might think. So when we look at this passage, Justin, who is in charge of this passage? Is it God or is it Adam? Adam. Well, I guess we've got to restart the podcast again. Oh, crap. <laughs> no, of course it's God. Yes, God. Uh, and who does that leader, God, represent? Adam? Yes, great. Oh, yay, Adam. Uh, what's the law? <clears throat> the law that God gave specifically to Adam in this case was, this is the world I have created. Enjoy it. That tree, don't eat that tree i don't want you to die right so he placed adam in the garden of eden to work it and watch over it so that that would be one command that he needed to follow oh, okay. and, just and the lord god commanded the man you are free to eat of any tree of the garden but you must not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for on the day you eat of it you will certainly die now that is the law and what happens if we keep or break the law we have death. two ends of the spectrum if you break the law it is death if you keep the law, it is the converse, which would be life. life. And then what happens um, to Adam in the future? Well, if he breaks the law, <laughs> there is death. <laughs> there is not future. But um, if he keeps the law, you have you know him continuing to work and cultivate the earth, um, as God said. So the very first instance of self-government actually derives itself and begins... With God in charge, not man in charge. Yeah, and so one of the key components here in self-governance, <clears throat> to understand it um, clearly, it's it's the fact that there is, there is, and we've talked about this uh, on previous podcasts, uh, I, believe that we, I believe the podcast that we looked at liberty, but to understand freedom is to understand law. There is no freedom apart from law. And so what God is what God has set up here is freedom for Adam because he has given Adam the law. Now what what is inherent in the idea of self-governance or what is what is more maybe more rightly understood as self-control, right, to be to be controlled in oneself <clears throat> is to know that you you you're going to need to be controlled by yourself without an outside force continually there to monitor and 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 control you because if it was controlling you then you would not be self-controlled or self-governed so there's an aspect to which the individual takes responsibility over what they're doing now obviously additionally built into law and responsibility is consequence that's where we come to the what happens if i break the law part those would be like the criteria that are set up that trigger 
the necessity of an outside authority stepping into self-governance. Mm-hmm. So when those when those tripwires are broken, they trigger the effect of having an outside authority come into the self-governance to enact authority so that there can be responsibility taken, right, for the issues of transgressing the law and setting off those criterias. Yeah. That's what that's what happens inside of self-governance. But that there's there is no there there can't be freedom apart from self-governance. It's super it's super important to understand that God was giving Adam all the freedom he he could possibly need to enjoy and live a full and glorious life with God. But just like every one of us today, Adam chose instead to be a a a missive, poor, sinful, broken leader, um, and God had to step in and be the true leader that that we needed. And so Adam transgresses the transgresses the the simple law, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, don't eat of this tree. In the day you eat this tree, you will surely die. And because he does that, consequence comes in, and. He, the the thing that really happens to the body from here is as we know biblically comes the fall and then the curse so uh when you if you ever wondered why everything down here seems to be broken is all part of the curse everything is fighting against uh the glory of of god as it was made to be uh and and so the the copier jams and you get a flat tire and your husband leaves his shoes in front of the front door for the thousandth time and your wife well just in case my wife ever listens to this i'm going to say your wife never does anything wrong because mm. i'm a smart man mm-hmm. no but your wife you know um uh throws the remote control at you because you left your shoes in front of the door there, there we go okay that's good right yeah. and although you I might like deserve it that was obviously anger so uh, <laughs> everything's broken and it's warring um, because now we've gone from the freedom inside of self-governance, right, uh, to to enslavement. Because the the opposite of freedom is slavery. So we are literally enslaved to. The Bible is very clear about this. We're enslaved to sin. So Adam's kicked out of the garden. The fall comes. The curse comes as a result of the the consequences, the responsibility that's taken for the transgression of the law of God. And here we are today. Ding 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 ding. Bing, bada, bang, bada, boom. Yeah, I mean, we can, uh, you know, track this throughout the scriptures, too. Oh, goodness. Uh, we can oh, track this. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we can track these themes throughout the scriptures. Uh, also, um, another passage that you uh, pointed to before um, is the theme that's recurring throughout Judges. Um, states here in Judges 17, verse 6. Um, it says, in those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did whatever seemed right to him or whatever was right in their own eyes. And when you lop off that question number one and you you put yourself in charge as opposed to allowing God be in charge as the primary source of all goodness, righteousness, um, as the supreme law giver, um, you get enslavement, enslavement to... Um, you know, well, in Israel's case, quite literally, other nations, 
um, but an enslavement to, to your own sin and wherever that leads. <clears throat> and so that's, that's why we mentioned that God is in charge. There, and that is true for everyone in any time, no matter what you might believe. Um, you are subject to that. And so when you are living outside of um, the acknowledgement that God is in charge, you are not actually self-governing. You are self-enslaving. You are enslaving yourself to you know, chaos and destruction. Yeah, your desires and passions become your ruler. And so what you've done is subbed out the objective source of authority in God and subbed in the subjective source of you, but it's not, but when, when you say that, it sounds like, well, no, I am my own objective source. No, no, no. Your subjective source is being carried by your feelings, your, your desires, your passions, your lusts, and those are whimsical. Those are fleeting, and they vary, and they change, and their intensity rises and falls. It is literal chaos. It is enslavement to those things. Those things are your master. They control you. Yes. If you'd like to know more about emotions, you can catch our episode 10. All the feels. All the feels. It's emotions not even that long. Indicative. Can be indicative, but emotions are never determinative. Yes. They're like the gauges on a car. They can indicate that potentially something bad or good is happening, but they are not the GPS. They're not your guide. That is, that is the case. Yeah. Um, so... Additionally, on the on the judges thing, what happens there is eventually um, the people begin to move beyond the uh, judges who would basically the cycle in judges. But by the way, we, we could link in. We did a, a full series as a church on judges. Very interesting book has such such great connection to our, our time today um, and where we live that it would be might be good for everyone to check it out. So you can we'll put that in the show notes. Um, but. But the, the book of Judges was, the case was that, that Israel was a theocracy. They were literally led by God. They had no earthly king. But but they would, the cycle that would happen in Judges is they would, they would follow God. Then they would, then they would begin to, it's, it's an adult word, but they would begin to whore themselves out, right, towards the, towards other pagan nations. Pagan nations that, that should have been living outside of the land of Israel to begin with, but, but because of, uh, previous sin they were still lived in the land and so and so they would draw the israelites away the israelites would be drawn towards worshiping other false gods and god would bring judgment usually in the form of another nation coming in to uh, attack and enslave israel for a time and then israel would eventually remember the words of the lord they would return repent to god and uh, god would rescue them god would 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 throw off the would throw off their uh captors and they would be rescued, and and that would be great for a little while, and then they would forget, and then they would begin again to run after false gods, and the cycle would continue. And each time, God would raise up a judge to lead them out of slavery. This culminates, though, uh, in a passage in First Samuel, where the people have decided they want to be like the other nations. They don't want to be a theocracy anymore. Right, they want to look like the other nations. They want to look like, um, like like they have a leader that is visible, that is out in front, that can be seen. These other nations have, um, have have kings. Why do we? Why do we not have a king? And so, in First Samuel eight, starting in verse ten, here's what you find: 
So Samuel spoke all the words of the Lord to the people who had asked him for asked of him a king. All right, so here's here's what Samuel the prophet is going to say to the people. The people have said, Samuel, tell God we want a king. He's, he's bringing back to the people the words of the Lord. Verse 11. And he said, right, God says, This will be the procedure of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and place them for himself in his chariots and among his horsemen. They will run before his chariots. He will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and of fifties, and some to do his plowing and to reap his harvest and to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will also take your daughters for perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and your vineyards and your olive groves and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. He will take. He will also take your male servant, your female servant, your best young men, and your donkeys. Excuse me, and your donkeys, and use them for work. He will take a tenth of your flocks, and you yourselves will become his servants. Then you will cry out in that day because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. What he says is, you want a king because you don't you, you don't want me. You're rejecting me, right? But, but what you're really going to get is you're going to get an enslaver. You're going to get someone who owns you. You will be his, you will be his servants and he will be your master. And because of that, you're looking at a situation where they were turning over self-governance Right and freedom, and they were turning it over to be enslaved and and come outside of self-governance. Literally, they were installing a government that would take them away from self-governance. So it's kind of an impressive little, little understanding here when you unpack it of what the Israelites ended up doing. And of course, this was uh, obvious. This was obviously uh, looking at biblical history. Uh, this was this was true when you when you consider going through the rest of First Samuel and Second Samuel and at First and Second Kings and Chronicles, you see this to be true. How often? How often? Right? As soon as as soon as um, you 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 have a king, you have you have taxes, um, and, and it's not like it's not like the the Levites didn't still need the same offerings that God had required, right? And you now had taxes though on top of because uh, the king needs needed things to help run his kingdom. Right to maintain his wars, everything, uh, everything began to shift for Israel in this moment because they chose to reject God. They wanted an earthly king. Yes, um, all culminating uh, into kind of a UK wrapping up. UK moving on to the last. Yeah, yeah, move up. No, we're, I mean we're, we're going to continue, and by continue we mean wrap it up. Um, the final thing that we wanted to connect uh, this idea of enslavement to um, is enslavement to our own sins. Um, when we get to um, Titus 3, um, and we look at where self-government goes wrong, um, continuing this theme here, let me, let me read this for you. Uh, Titus 3 through 5. Uh, Titus 3, 3 through 5, uh, it says this, For we too were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by various passions and pleasures. There's that slavery idea. Living in malice and envy, hateful, and detesting one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not by works of righteousness that we had done, 
but according to his mercy, through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. And we wanted to end by saying that the reason that we can say that self-government begins with by acknowledging that God is in charge and by following his law um, is only because um, we ourselves have been regenerated by the Holy Spirit and we have the ability to see clearly the true state of the world as God lays out in his scriptures. Um, Justin, do you have that Ezekiel passage up or no? Where... Uh, Ezekiel, Ezekiel uh, states that God actually removes our hearts of stone and implants within us a new heart, a heart of flesh. Um, no, I do not have that passage up, but I can get it up. Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, while you get that up... I was originally looking at Ezekiel 18, which has nothing to do with that, and so I was like, oh, you mean, and then you said that, I'm like, oh, no, I didn't, I didn't have Ah, that. okay. So I, I swore I saw Ezekiel on your screen earlier. I did, Ezekiel 18. Ah, there you go. Um, so while Justin uh, looks that up, um, it's, I lost what I was about to say. Oh, so yeah, it, it is only through um, the regeneration that the Holy Spirit gives, um, it gives us eyes to see things clearly. Um, and when we live in light of that, we, we can clearly see that God is in charge, even when we're talking about self-government. Um, and then, then all of those passages that we went through, um, really happen when we, uh, when we as human beings reject that, uh, Christianity is the only religion, um, where God comes in and changes you from the inside out. Um, all these other religions um, want you to do something to be made holy. And that's not how Christianity operates. Christianity operates with the Holy Spirit indwelling you, um, saving you. Your faith is placed um, in, in God, in the work of Jesus Christ that he completed for you on the cross. And, and the Holy Spirit opens your eyes and you are, and you are brought into the family of God. And you can see all of these things clearly and only then... Are you able to operate in any sense of self-governance by acknowledging God is the one that's in charge. God is the one who represents you. God's law is the law that you need to be following. Um, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, you got that passage up, Joss? Absolutely. There it is. <clears throat> it's a really amazing passage because this is really God taking... Um, Israel from from the brokenness that they have where they're being governed by their passions and telling them that he will bring them into once again uh, a level of self-governance under him right in, in a more perfect way than than they experience uh, in the sinful broken world but this is him calling out and saying how he'll pull his people to himself that he will give them and he will bring them to their land his land the land that he has made for them and he will be their God and they will be their people. So he's actually using this passage to reverse engineer what happens as we as we run from God, as we hate God, as we desire to serve ourselves and our passions and our lusts. Here he's pulling them back and saying, I'm going to bring you back and I will take you to my land one day and it will be as it should be. Ezekiel 36, 22. Therefore say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act but for my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you went. 
I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when I prove myself holy among you in their sight. For I will take you from the nations, I will gather you from all the lands, and bring you into your own land. And then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. And moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will be careful to observe my ordinances. You will live in the land that I gave to your forefathers. So you will be my people and I will be your God. This is the the return to a a true understanding of self-governance that perfect community through god and in through his spirit through to god uh over his law in his land as his people um, and that's that's the that's the true beauty of of the the passage here that ezekiel unpacks for us it's a wonderful reminder um it is it is so true um, so if, if this is the first time you're hearing anything like the gospel, feel free to ask any of us questions. You can you can DM the page or, or ask either me or Jesse questions. We would love to walk through that with you. Um, this is a, it's an awesome topic, self-governance, to understand. Um, it's, it's super important if you find yourself here living in, an American, in America because um, our whole – if you find yourself – Living in an American, you may need to find the reverse shrink ray. <laughs> oh, no, you're li- I'm living in an American. <laughs> no, I... W- Thanks. <laughs> um, what, I was trying to, what I was trying to communicate was um, the importance of self-governance is, is super imminent. Um, it's built into the, the founding of our nation and, and into uh, the, the Constitution and, and the Bill of Rights is that a people needed to be able to practice self-governance in order for this, this whole law and system structure to work. And one of the first things that breaks down self-governance is a lack of accountability and a lack of responsibility. People not willing to take responsibility and no one holding them accountable. And that's uh, that's where we're about at in our culture right now. Um, <clears throat> so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rough time. Uh, but if people can't govern themselves, if they can't literally practice, right, self-restraint, um, then, then our our, uh, our particular system of government isn't very effective. It doesn't really work well. And that, that's clear. It makes sense because our, our system is built, right, on like 50 little self-governing experiments, right? We have a constitution and we have states and we have, we have state sovereignty, right? We have states' rights. <clears throat> we have a federalist system. And, and it's very interesting when you think of it that way. And, and this, this reality that, that, um, the founders were attached in a way, going going step by step, all the way back to the Word of God, uh, that people needed to to understand biblically the self governance God had given as a gift. Yes, they, very, they very knew that this experience. Ex, uh, they knew that this experience, <laughs> uh, They knew that this experiment called America would not work without a moral people, a people that understood who was in charge, and that that was not to skip all of the other areas of government and just look to the civil government. They knew that God was in charge and that a people who do not fear and know and understand that, um, really the whole experiment would collapse. And I hope that that's not the brink that we're on right now, but, um, the brink will come, uh, mm. if, mm. if, if that realization is lost. And, um, it's really quite interesting because uh, in, in our, 
poll, uh, our number two topic was the destruction of the family. And ironically, if you lose the concept of self-government, all of the other areas of government fall um, without that foundation. So well, the, the plus side is uh, when you really understand and, exp- and, and practice uh, self-governance, this idea that this particularly the, as we're speaking of it as biblical self-governance, um, all the other spheres flourish as they were intended to flourish under the sovereign hand of God. Yes. Um, which is great, which is pretty, pretty, pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and then the next sphere of government outside of the self is the family. So uh, maybe maybe that'll be our next podcast. Yeah, yeah that'll be a longer podcast. You're looking oh. out. <clears throat> You're looking out on this. We're, one. we're, we're calling it a whammy episode. What? I don't know. I'm just making it up. You've been bamboozled. You've been. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? what is that? That's actually from Friends. That's a no, Friends no, episode. No, no, no. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think. Of, no, in that in that dumb show that you hate. That thing that comes out in that game show on like the last episode, it's a nope. It's I, a I will chunky even... or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, he, he eats up all the points. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it. I'll oh, walk man. it away. Um, I'll leave you with this quote. I will not link to that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this is a quote by Robert C. Winthrop, circa 1852, um, uh, lawyer and a politician. He uh, he said this: men, in a word must necessarily be controlled either by a power within them or by a power without them, either by the word of God or by the strong arm of man, either by the Bible or by the bayonet. Mm. Uh, so uh, I, I, uh, I vote, I vote we all, we all go Bible on that. Let's go Bible, go Bible hard on that one. Yeah. Um, and that would be my, would be my encouragement to you guys. Any questions, throw them in the, throw them in, in the comments. And we shall, uh, no, no, <laughs> not gonna happen. I won't do it. I'm not gonna. <laughs> okay, and we will, uh, we will love to interact with you over them. We hope you, uh, we find you find this helpful. And if you didn't, tell us why so that we can fix it. And if it was because we're idiots, look, we, we can only fix so much. That's not true. They, they can have an opinion that it was bad, and they could also just be wrong. Oh, wow. In which case, we'll let you know. But, you know, you'll never know if you don't tell us. Oh, fair point. There we go. Uh, and so uh, with that, um, we're closing this episode of the Carbe Fide podcast. Yep, man. As always, seize, seize the, the faith. faith.